everybody, Lisa Tamley here from Running Hot Coaching and today I'm just going to jump in and give you some tips. I've been asked by the guys at Triple Peaks, Emma Buttle and her crew, to give some advice to the people running the Triple Peaks, but this will also be relevant for anyone doing longer distance trail races, maybe ultra marathons, even shorter distance races. So the Triple Peaks is a very, very hilly course and it's coming up in a few weeks, so I had some questions that were sent to me from Emma and her guys there from people um, and I wanted to cover off a few of those today. Now because this is a very hilly race, um, running downhill and running uphill were two major questions. So um, I wanted to give you a few tips on running uphill for starters, let's start there. Now it's really important when you're running uphills, I mean obviously you need to train this in your training. Whatever is happening in your race, you need to be um, copying that in your training run. So it's no use training on a flat area if your race is going to be in the hills or in the mountains. Obviously you need to train for what you're going in for. Um, so when you're doing uphill training, the things that you need to be uh, thinking about is building good leg strength and this is where run-specific strength training comes in, which we're really big on at, at Running Hot Coaching. Um, when you're running uphill, you need to be thinking very tall. You need to feel like you've been pulled up from the from your head so that you're nice and lifted, nice and straight, and you're leaning into the hill, but leaning from your ankles, not leaning from your shoulders or even from your waist. That's really, really important um, point for going uphills. You're also going to be wanting to increase your knee lift a little bit and you're going to use your arms quite a lot. Um, you're also going to find that doing lots of hills will obviously um, be great for your cardiovascular fitness. It's pretty tough running hills. You're going to get stronger. You're going to improve your cardiovascular fitness. Um, so the more you do it, the better. But you're also going to find things like your neuromuscular fitness, the way your brain and your, uh, with your nerves and your muscles and your nerves uh, connect, uh, improves as well. You'll also find um, your joint mobility can improve when you're doing lots of uphill work. Uh, so it's something that's really important to emphasize. So leaning into the hill, keeping your knees quite high as you're running, leaning from the ankles, not from the waist, being very tall, engage your core, and that's another really good point. The core is a super, super important part of the body for runners. I mean, for everybody, but for runners particularly, you need to have a stable core, especially when running uphills or downhills, because you need to protect your back. You need to have stability through the hips uh, and all that, that area. And to protect you from injuries, that's a really important uh, area to be focusing on. So don't neglect your core training uh, in your run training, okay? So you want to be leaning into the hill. You want to have good, strong core. Your core should be engaged as you're running up the hill. Standing tall. You should have relaxed arms that are swinging just from your shoulders. And you should be at a 90 degree angle as you're running uphill. The other thing is, you know, looking ahead and not down at your feet is also really important. Um, and maintaining your stride rate. So try not to go much slower, um, make shorter strides, but try and keep the same cadence, the same stride rates. And what we want to be using is our glutes and our hamstrings, okay? Those are the muscles that we want to be engaging in the most. Now, for downhill running, um, 
this is something that people underestimate because they think it's like downhill running is aerobically a lot easier, and it is. But what you may um, neglect to think about is that downhill running, especially steeper descents on tricky trails and, and um, single trail and that sort of thing can be very, very damaging to the muscles. So you can actually break down your muscles, have micro tears in your muscles. And this is why this needs to be trained over a longer period of time as well. The downhill also requires a whole lot of coordination. Um, and once again, the core comes into play so that you're nice and stable. Now, what you don't want to be doing, you don't want to be leaning back too much and using your your heels as a brake, you're going to be sending a whole lot of shock waves up through your body if you're doing that. So you want to have, again, a shorter, fast stride. You want to keep your upper body over your feet. Everything should be in alignment from your head right to your to your ankles. Um, and you want to be, yes, little fast steps downhill. You also want to make sure that you are looking 10 to 15 metres ahead. This is really important in downhill running because you don't want to be looking down at your feet because then you're not judging those few metres um, ahead of you and things come up really fast when you're running downhill and you can end, end up tripping um, and you know going splat on your face, which is not too good. When you look further ahead, your brain actually scans the whole area in front of you. So if you're looking 15 metres out, it is scanning that whole area and it helps you react much, much quicker. Um, the thing is with with, hill, with downhill running, the more you practice, obviously the better you're going to get at it. However, in the last, like this Triple Peaks is coming up very soon, the last couple of two, three weeks, you don't want to be doing really hard, steep descents, a lot of them, because you can damage your muscles and it takes time to repair and you haven't got the time because you're heading into the race, you know, it's, it's coming up. So don't just try and smash out and learn how to run in the last couple of weeks before a race very helpful advice when it's only a few weeks away but what you do want to do is you want to start off gradual you want to start off on on um, lesser incline uh, declines and then work your way up to the more um, difficult ones you'll find that any race that has a lot of downhills people typically think oh they'll go out too fast and they will cause all these micro tears in their quadriceps, they'll, they'll be using their, they'll, they'll be sending a lot of shock waves up through their body and already partway through the race, although aerobically they're not exhausted, their legs are all shaking and they're like jelly and I've seen this so many times. Even in, even on road marathons, if they're like Boston, you know, where you're going down or we've got one here in, in um, Mountain to Surf, which goes the first five or six kilometres is just really quite steeply downhill. Uh, people underestimate what happens then at the 30 plus K mark that your legs are completely jelly. So don't do that. So don't go super fast down the hills. If it's a long race, you have to pace yourself obviously on the uphills so that you're not getting too much into the anaerobic zone. You want to stay at a place where you can breathe and that may be walking and that's fine. On the downhills, you don't want to be trying to catch it all up because then you end up with quads falling to pieces your coordination going and you can run into troubles there. So that's the downhill and uphill running. Now some of the other questions that were sent in um, were around uh, suitable hydration and nutrition for example. Okay so when it comes to long distance races my philosophy is sip 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 nibble nibble nibble. 
okay? You need energy coming in, you need water coming in, and from the get-go, pretty much. Obviously, you should be standing on the start line with a, a half-full stomach. Um, you should have a little bit of water, obviously, before the event. You want to maybe have eaten breakfast, if possible, maybe two hours before the event. You don't want to be standing at the start line with a really full guts, but you don't want it empty either. You want it about half full. And what you want to do is to try and keep it half full right through the race. So that means taking sips of water every few minutes and making sure even, you know, if you want to, you can set an alarm that every quarter of an hour goes off, you should have already drunk, if, if not once or twice, already in that, that period of time. You want little amounts and often so that you're not overloading your stomach and you don't, like, eat a whole lot of food all at once and then it sits in your guts, especially in super long ultra-distance races, Okay. Um, where you have to eat, where you have to get a couple of hundred calories in per hour of exercise, or either that or you're going to hit the wall. Um, so you, in that case, you want to be having little wee nibbles of things all the way through, and you want to be having sips of water all the way through. Um, as far as how much you should be drinking, that really depends on your body weight. There are some formulas. I won't go into that today. Um, and, of course, on the temperature, so your body size and your temperature you probably, most people cannot digest more than one litre of water an hour, um, and that might be, you know, less depending on your tolerance. One thing that happens during ultramarathons is that your stomach gets really jiggled around and your digestion can get very, very upset. I'm not a fan of things like gels because of that um, and because they can be very intense gels and they can cause stomach upsets. So they're okay maybe for a half marathon or something on the road or maybe in the last few k's of a, of a marathon where you're just wanting the sugar hit really fast just to get you to the last over the last couple of kilometers. But I've seen many, many people come unraveled. I've, I've come unraveled taking gels on really long races when your stomach is already under duress, under stress, because you're when you are running for hours and hours on end, all the blood is in your muscles, obviously. You're trying to feed your muscles, trying to keep the oxygen being delivered, and it's not in your digestive tract. So you have to have stuff that is easy to digest and easy to get through the system. And gels, while they're fast in the uptake, they can cause a very acidic stomach. Um, so I sort of steer clear of those. As far as electrolytes go, electrolytes are absolutely super crucial. Um, there are many good products out on the market. I use Hammer Nutrition's Enduro Lights. I've used them for years and I swear by them and no, I'm not sponsored by them, but they are fantastic. Um, I can take them in tablet form, so I don't need um, to wonder how much I've had. I also don't get sick of the taste if it's in a drink form or in a powder form. Often you'll get sick of the taste and then you'll stop drinking and that's a disaster. So I take the tablets, then I know I've got my bases covered and I get my calories from actual real food. Um, I like things, depending on the race, depending on the situation, depending on what you have access to. But whatever you do take, it should be probably real food if you can, and it should be good quality stuff. Um, I make like endurance balls that have got like things like chia seeds and almond flour and a, and a bit of peanut butter and things like that all mulched together, um, and I nibble on, on those sort of things. Uh, if it's a very long race and I've got excess, things like mashed potatoes or even baked potatoes with some salt on it can be really good carbohydrates to, to keep fueling you and keep you going for longer periods of time if you've got access to that. Something like triple pinch, you'll probably get away with some just some 
um, you know, bananas, maybe steaks, um, endurance balls, muesli bars, that type of thing will probably get you to the finish line. The longer you go, the more you start to hate sweet things, is my experience, and the more you want the savoury uh, things like potatoes and stuff. Uh, once again, it's all about practicing in your training with the food that you intend to eat during the race, not doing anything on race day that you haven't tried out that yet. And that goes for your running shoes, obviously. Never buy brand new shoes and then go and run in them. It also uh, is valid for your running clothes. Make sure you don't have clothes that are going to cause chafing, that you've tried them out, you've tested your hydration system. There are lots of hydration systems that you can have, and it really depends on your preference. Um, like, you know, you've got hydration belts, but they typically don't work that well for women if you've got a waist um, and it slips up from your hips to the waist. Work can work quite well for guys. Other people will like uh, backpacks with water bottles up the front. That's what I prefer. Um, then there's orange mud ones, which are quite cool, that you've got the, the water bottle in the back and it's a tiny little backpack. Depending on how much gear you intend taking, whether you've got to have jackets and so on, if, if that's the case, then you want a little backpack, perhaps with some water bottles in the front or a camelback type of situation. So there's lots to choose from. Once again, it's a personal thing and you have to try it out in your training before you actually get to the event. Um, as far as tapering, and you guys will be heading into a taper now in the next last three weeks, you should be, yeah, your taper should be about three weeks long and it should be just decreasing over that time. Look, if you've missed um, some key parts of your training, you cannot make it up in the last two to three weeks. Don't try to do that. I see people try to do that all the time. I've got to make up for the fact that I didn't do it in the middle of my program, so I'm trying to make it up at the end. What will happen is that you will end up cooking yourself and you'll be either overtrained, even perhaps injured. Um, not a good thing. You want to be standing at the start line. If you missed some training in the middle of your, your training weeks or whatever, then so be it. You cannot make that up. And it's better to stand on the start line slightly undercooked than overcooked. So don't try and do that as far as like trying to make up that last um that those training sessions in the last three or four weeks so it, it won't work and just forget about it and get on and follow the program as you are structured to do um, as far as um, blisters um, and shoes are concerned when you're doing a lot of uphill and downhill you know there's blisters can be a real problem I there's a lot of different socks on the market now that are really good you've got to have obviously good um, moisture wicking socks that take the moisture away. I love like in gingy socks where I've got the the uh, they like little toes like a little glove, it stops the uh, the toes rubbing on each other. Particularly good in say like desert races, which I did a lot of. Um, but lots of other socks will do the job as well. Um, if you're getting blisters, stop immediately. Have a blister pack in your in your in your gear, and fix it before it becomes a problem. Don't wait until, you know, 30 k's in and it's a real big problem, you know. Um, this is particularly important for super long ultras because if you, you know, a stitch in time saves nine and then, you know, if you, if you do it early, then you'll save a bigger problem later, even though it's a pain in the ass to have to stop and put, put a plaster on it or put a compete on it or something like that. Um, if you've got really bad blisters, um, pop them, you can squeeze out the water, but don't cut 
away the skin just tape it up best you can and then leave your shoes on until the very end of the event and then deal with the aftermath afterwards um, as far as what causes blisters also often is uh, people buy shoes that are too small for them and they when we go into a, a running shoe shop typically we haven't been running perhaps we've got nice cool feet we go in and we you know stick them in a pair of shoes and we take the normal street size shoe and it fits but what we underestimate is the amount of swelling that can happen when you've been on your feet all day and this is particularly so for women we seem to swell a little bit more in my experience don't have any proof of that but that's my um experience um so yeah sorry the husband's um doing the thing in the background that's all right feeding the cat <laughs> um so uh Get shoes that are bigger than your normal shoes. They should be at least one half to one full size bigger than your normal street shoes. So they should give you a bit more space so that you can counteract that swelling, okay? That's really important, especially if you're doing longer races than triple peaks. If you're doing 100Ks, 100 milers, multi-day stage races, even more important. Um, desert races, I would take shoes that were up to two sizes too big even two and a half sizes too big and they would still come back too small. Um, so that, that, that's about blisters. Um, a couple of things on mental toughness. Now, very often, you know, you sign up to these races and you're all excited and it's all great and then it gets closer to the day. Perhaps training hasn't gone ideally. Perhaps you've got a couple of niggles and you're starting to freak the hell out. Um, and you'll often have a run or two where you think, oh, my God, that was only a tenth of what I actually have to run on the day and I, and I, and I was terrible and how the hell am I going to cope on race day? Race day is always different. Race day, you'll pull out the stops that you cannot pull out on a normal training run. You're in a different frame of mind. The adrenaline is running through the body. You've got all the excitement of the event. It's new. It's exciting. All of that sort of stuff is going to help you perform way above the level that you would normally perform in a daily training session okay so don't worry about the fact that today's 10k run seemed impossible and next weekend you've got to run a 50k doesn't correlate at all just understand that you're going to have good days and bad days when you're when you're training on race day what typically happens is your mind is in a completely different space you're prepared for the distance you put it in your mind already how far it is and you are ready for that whenever i prepare for a race whatever number I put in my head is that I'm running is what I will usually start to die a few kilometers just before that and it, it, it doesn't matter if that was if I if someone says to you at the end of a um, say a 100k race like you that you, your race is 100 kilometers long and so you're pacing yourself for that all the way through. You're thinking about that. You're trying to conserve your energy. And now if someone says to you at 49 kilometers, actually, I was lying, it's only 50 Ks, then you'll be like, what? I'm so, I'm, I'm hardly even, I'm hardly even um, stuffed. I'm not even that tired, I, you know, because you've put in your brain 100 Ks. Now, the other way around, if you get to 50 Ks and someone says, no, actually, it's 100 Ks, there's no way in hell you're going to make, make it because you haven't mentally prepared for that distance and you haven't mentally prepared for the, in the subconscious for your the pacing strategy that you need to adopt. So understand that when you go out for a training run and you know it's only 10 or 15 kilometers or something and it goes badly, um, it's not going to be the same when it comes to race day and it's 40Ks, 50Ks, whatever it is. 
it's going to be different and you'll be able to cope with it on the day you'll pull out the stops because you have a, a much higher level of motivation and you put that number in your head. So what really is important is visualization. Visualization, I use this as a technique in everything in life. Whenever I have a challenge ahead of me and I'm scared about it and I'm worried about it, I'll go through over and over in my head what it is I actually have to do, what it's going to feel like when I go there, what I'm going to be wearing, what the sights are, the smells, and I go over the race in my head again and again and again. What that does is it makes your mind think that it's already happened. It's already prepared for the battle. So when you're actually standing on the start line, it thinks it's already done this. I've been there, done that. It's old hat. I've got this sus. And it helps you actually perform. Now, you can see this in Olympic athletes, um, you know, we see it often in the high jumpers or the, uh, what do you call them, the javelin throwers or, or those sort of ones where it's all technical. They, you can see them going in their head. They're visualizing each step as they run up to do their jump or whatever. And it's the same principle if you're doing a race. If you can spend time, if your training hasn't gone ideally, but you can spend time sitting quietly in meditation and visualizing you being at the race, visualizing you being super person at the race. You, you, you don't have to be a mere mortal. You can be like flying and running like so freely and lightly and all of these emotions and feelings. Your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and real. So it's a really powerful thing to do. Now, during the race, if you're in the deep, dark, you know, hurt locker, and that will come, just know that this too will pass. It will pass. If you can just hang on, don't look right too far down the line. You might be already at 20Ks into a 50K race, already half dead and thinking, oh, my God, I can't go for another 30Ks. If you can just trick yourself into getting to that tree over there and going a tiny little bit further, pull your focus in, don't look at the whole distance and you'll be able to cope. If you start looking at, oh, I've got 30Ks to go and I'm already smashed, how am I going to do it? That sends you into a negative spiral. And what you need to do is stop that and you need to focus on the here, on the now, and you need to focus on just getting through the next one minute of, of running or the next power pole or the next um, little bit so that you can, giving yourself a little bit of... Um, uh, a reward maybe you know I'm going to go to the loo once I reach x amount of kilometers and just having those little goals to reach um, can just help you through those deep dark times and again and again in these long races you'll have a performance um, line that goes like this so you'll be up one minute and then down the next and then you'll be up again and you'll be all euphoric and it's all going sweet and then two kilometers later you're crashing and burning and vomiting on the side of the road. That's just how it is. And you can get back up again. It's not always over when you think it's over. Sometimes you need to take a tiny wee break and you need to recalibrate yourself, give yourself just a few minutes and then maybe start walking and then getting back into a light jog or whatever. Don't underestimate the fact that in a lot of ultras, and in this one too, with all those hills, you are going to be walking a good portion of it unless you're at the, the pointy end of the field. That is fine, and that is okay. That is normal, and that is that is good. Just take those wins where you can get them, run when you can, when you can, can't walk as fast as you possibly can, okay? And you'll find that sometimes the walking is faster than the running. And what it does is when you're changing up from the running to the walking, it actually changes the muscles that you're using. It helps your stomach calm down. It does a whole lot of things in resetting. And you can actually be faster 
with a run walk strategy, then you'll be with a run, 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 and I'm going to run at all costs strategy. Uh, where you're heading into the anaerobic zone too often or you're smashing yourself on the downhills or whatever. All right, guys, so I think that was probably enough tips for the day. Um, good luck, and I hope this has been helpful. And um, if you want more help with your running, that's what we do day in and day out, obviously, at uh, my company, which is Running Hot Coaching. You can find us at runninghotcoaching.com. Um, we have a very holistic way of training people. We are quite different than other trainers. We base our programs not only on your run sessions, you know, your hills, your intervals, your fartlek training, your tempos, all of that sort of good stuff, but also on run technique drills and daily, and I mean daily mobility workouts that help you recover faster, that help you avoid injury, that help you um, have full range of motion in your joints and help improve your technique. And then we also use run-specific uh, strength workouts so that the key areas of your body that really need to be strong are strong and that you avoid injury. So your hips, your core, um, even your upper body, uh, you know, all these things need to be strengthened. It's not just about collecting kilometers. We're not high mileage coaches. We're not junk mile coaches. I've been there, done that, you know, got the T-shirt. There's a law of diminishing returns when it comes to just doing more and more and more kilometers. It can actually end up with you being burnt out, overtrained, weak, burning muscle, burning, you know, losing muscle mass, etc. All those things you don't need to do, even when you're doing the super long races. I mean, I did lots, you know, over 140 ultra marathons, and most of them were in the 100 to 200 kilometer range, and some of them are over that. Um, so I know what it takes to do this stuff, and I know how to get you there predictably and reliably. And me with my business partner. Uh, and my long-term coach who saved my career, Neil Wagstaff, absolutely amazing coach. I came to him, broken, burnt out, doing massively high mileage and wondering why I was putting on weight, why my hormones were out of sync, why I was just super plot along um, and why I was broken. <laughs> and he fixed all that. And now I know better. But So we would love to shortcut the path for you we'd love to help you smash your running goals keep you healthy help you have longevity in the sport and help you love what you're doing at the same time whether you're just doing your very first five kilometer or your hundreds ultra marathon we'd love to hear from you so check us out at runninghotcoaching.com and if you've got any questions just go over to lisatarmity.com and um, connect with me or you can email me and lisa at lisatarmody.co.nz okay guys lovely to talk to you today and i hope this all helped see you